Alright guys, you hear me talk all the time about the importance of building your brand and getting out there and getting on video and being consistent with your content so that you can expand your business and generate those inbound appointments and sales. Now you might be sick of hearing me talk about it, so I want to bring on someone who is an actual contractor to talk about it. So my guest today, Andrew Itnauer of Masters Roofing in Memphis, Tennessee. Andrew is a true practitioner. He's a sales rep at his family's roofing company, and he has been doing this stuff for years in terms of content and creating videos and building his brand. He's got a great following. He's been generating inbound appointments and sales for many years, and he's starting to actually generate appointments for other people on his team as well. So fun conversation here with Andrew, someone that is in this stuff all day, every day as I am. We geek out a little bit and talk about how you can implement a consistent content strategy as a sales rep, as a roofing company, a contracting company, anyone can implement the things that we talk about today. So tune in, grab something to take notes with, grab some coffee, and get ready for my conversation with Andrew Itnauer. All right, Andrew, I am so excited we made the time that you made the time. I know everyone's busy these days. So let's start off. How you doing? How you doing today? You playing some golf? Oh, I wish I was playing some golf. That's more uh, my my father's forte, but I get out there every once in a while. I tell people all the time, um, especially clients, you know, I wear a lot of uh, golf course shirts out, um, you know, rather than sticking to dress code like my father tries to tell me to do. And they always say, like, how, how often do you play? And it's not much because I'm working as hard as I can to make sure that he's able to golf every day if he wants to. So he's, <laughs> he's usually out there hustling someone with a company, taking them out and you know, uh, taking their money, you know, they, they play for money. He's big on that and, um, very competitive. And so, you know, he'll take the guys out and just talk about things other than roofing for a few hours and, uh, have some fun playing golf. And, you know, so that's, that's kind of his thing. I kind of stick to the social media stuff and I try to get out when I can, um, and play as much, but I mean, the social media stuff takes up a lot of time, a lot of commitment there for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So your dad's the the relationship manager, I guess. Um, I used to play in my previous career. I played a, a decent amount of golf. It was a lot of that like biz dev, long term relationship building with big accounts and things like that. So I get that. But now running running a you know running contractor dynamics, like I pretty much building a family, building a business, and golf is just kind of you know intentionally taking a back seat for a little while. Oh yeah, which is okay because I love what I do. So. Yeah, so let's uh, we're gonna dive into that social media stuff and all that. Definitely want to uh, th- to see what your process is like and and all that stuff. But give the audience a little bit of a background as to uh, who you are, what you do, where you're coming from, that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, my name's Andrew Ritnauer. I'm with Master Proofing. Um, been with the company since 2014. Initially started out as a production manager. That's where I kind of cut my teeth on how the roofing process is done. Um, I got very lucky in having a great mentor in Austin Fleming, who's my older brother. You might know him from from the guys down at Watkins, but just, yeah, we met down there in Jackson, Mississippi last year. Yeah, yeah, and he's. Um, I'm so thankful for having him in my life because I don't think I would be as effective of a sales guy without him. And um, but you know, I started working with the company, uh, ran six crews a day. Uh, waking up at 5 a.m., getting home at 11 o'clock at night, you know, just working hard, dog days of summer. And um, ended up happening was I had some issues with my lungs 
Um, I developed histoplasmosis that wouldn't calcify. So it was this whole thing where I went through a brief period of time where they weren't sure what was going to happen if I was going to something serious as far as passing away would happen or, you know, whatever the case was. But come to find out that a lot of it was due to the fact that I was riding around with untreated wood in the truck of my KV and that had bat droppings on it. And so therefore, you know, kind of breathing that in with the KV ended up uh, getting histoplasmosis. I didn't, wouldn't calcify. So I had to go through all that. So my father at that point in time, he kind of appointed me as the supervisor of the supervisor. And that doesn't fly with my father for too, too long, you know, because he's like, Hey, you got to earn your keep around here. You know, that's, that's how he's always been. And why me and my brother are so effective at doing what we do is because he wants the best out of all of us. And so he talked to my brother. I think my brother kind of pushed him into making me a sales guy, which he originally didn't think I was going to be effective as. And so what ended up happening, um, my brother said, Hey, listen, I'll bet you I can make him a sales guy. Just give him to me for a month. If I can't make him a sales guy, he can go right back into productions or you can find something else for him to do. And so went into sales and first month and a half, two months, you have that initial, you know, putting in the pavement, uh, you know, hitting the pavement, knocking doors, putting up door hangers, mailers. And that first two months is a grind because you don't know, you know, you're getting leads, but they're not all that great. And, and you're just trying to get your first deals. And uh, so I got really lucky. I went out to um, um, a lady named Jody Stafford, and she was actually my first roof that I ended up um, selling. So $25,000, it was a golden pledge warranty with GAF, which was awesome. And so that was my first job. And I just was hooked from there on sales. And just over time, uh, you know, one thing I would always tell my father, this was before social media, before anything was, anytime that we lost a bid, it made me mad because I told him, I said, if we show people our work, even if we just gave them addresses to look at, and they took the time to drive around and see what we could do, and um, it, and they knew what type of people we were, we would be extremely, I, I said people would choose us each and every time, you know? And then lo and behold, about a year and a half uh, later, I ended up getting into social for the first time actually off of a recommendation from Michael Deere, who I believe is an OG in the industry as far as the way he operates. No one operates like Michael that I've met, including my own father. You know, um, I think it takes a special person to be as, as um, audacious as Michael is. And, uh, but my brother ended up having lunch with him um, to talk about consulting. And he told him how successful he was on Facebook and converting on Facebook. So um, I started looking into that and started just taking basic pictures from the ground, you know, of my jobs at the end of the building, posting them on social media. And um, that's where it all started. And it just kind of developed into this whole thing, you know, that I, I never even expected it to, to kind of turn out the way it did. I'm glad it turned out the way it is because now I got a bunch of friends in the industry. You know, I think going to the IRE was a real eye-opening experience, kind of seeing people come up taking pictures and telling what they get out of my content. Um, and it's just overall been a, a pretty crazy ride. Wow. That's interesting. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to give uh, Michael a little plug in here. Owner of Watkins construction down in Jackson, Mississippi and Alabama. Uh, yeah, they run an, 
they have an amazing, amazing brand, amazing company, good marketing. That's it. That's so interesting. He actually, Michael texted me a couple hours ago. He's looking for uh, recommendations on podcast equipment. I'm like, hey, you get start a podcast now? He's like, yeah, it's in the plans. There uh, we go. Building out a you know, bu- building out a new building and office, as you know. And he's like, yeah, we're making this sound soundproof podcast room. And uh, uh, you know, he probably doesn't even know what he's going to talk about in the podcast, but he knows that mm-hmm. he wants to continue to innovate and stay ahead of the curve and all that stuff. So that's really cool. And that's, um, I mean, sometimes you just got to throw yourself into it, you know. And that's one thing that I. I think I've been very successful at doing is like when I tell people this all the time, I was doing so well with photos and building my brand with photos that I, I was just on a hot streak. You know, each post I was posting was getting to 2,500 to 3000 people back then. And um, then Instagram came around with reels and there was rumors at the time that reels was going to be their version of competing with TikTok. And I'm like, I really hope that's not the case because I really don't want to do videos. I'm not good in front of a camera. I'm not, uh, I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to do all this. I don't have time for it. I'm selling roofs. So when they, when it was confirmed that that was going to be the route that they were going, you know, when, when Facebook came out and said, Hey, listen, this is what we're going to do over the next year and a half. We're going to transition into reels. I was heartbroken. I just remember saying to myself, like, oh, this is going to be miserable. It's going to be the end of my growth and all the success that I had. Um, and then one day I was like, you know what? My well just try to put one out. So I put my first reel out and it actually did pretty well. It got 1,500 or 2,000 views, which at the time people don't know back then. Um, all right. So mm-hmm. you, you keep dropping these like back then, that sort of thing. Like what year is this uh, when, when you when that – I would say Reels got introduced around 2000 and early 2019, I believe is that. Yeah. Uh, right when TikTok came on the scene, they, they started yeah, they with like IGTV and like uh, they yes. had something else too, I think it was. They were kind of messing around with it for a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, right. so the, the thing about it is um, did very well with the photos and then Reels came out and I said, you know what? I said, I might as well try to make one, see what happens. And then, I ended up getting 1,500 or 2,000 views on the first one. And I remember saying to myself, I said, that's more than what I was getting on the regular videos I was putting just on the basic format on, on um, how you upload it to, to Instagram. I said, well, that's an improvement, you know, and I, I would at least try to put videos in my content at that time to give some people something different to look at, you know, other than my photos. So... I said, well, 1,500 or 2,000 views, that's not too bad. I said, I, I'm going to keep working on it. And so over time, I just worked on doing, that's when I got my first drone, um, started flying up, taking photos. And then I slowly worked in um, doing the videos that I do with the drones. And then I, I do all my editing and um, all my videos off of my, off of my phone pretty much. So, you know, that's one thing that Ben, a guy that I met at the International Roofing Expo, he um, he did marketing for Drake and some of these big artists like in the industry as far as rap and music goes. And he says, what do you use as far as your gear for recording videos? And I, he's like, do you got a gimbal? I said, well, I just use my phone. And he said, your phone? He's like, like a gimbal and your phone? Or like, how are you recording these videos the way that you're doing it? It can't just be your phone. I said, it's all 100% off of my phone in my phone case, which is a loopy. Hope I hope I get sponsored by them at some point. 
right? So <laughs> literally I just use this as a control and this is my gimbal. Now I'm recording on a gimbal that GAF sent me um, recently after the International Roofing Expo. I don't use the gimbal ever because it's just not, I, I think it makes it more complicated than it has to be, you know? And so um, I keep it, you know, people always think like, hey, in order to grow a following of 17,000 followers and to do X, Y, and Z, that it has to be super complicated and you have to pay all this money for, you know, having having someone to record these high-end videos. Me and Michael talked about this several times. You know, he's always wanting to throw money at it. And that's a great thing to do. But if you just find one person that can focus on on creating the content or you can train your guys to make the content, then it becomes a lot easier for you. And it doesn't cost you as much down the road. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think people have that hang up a lot, right? Like you need the fancy camera and all the equipment and the money and like, like I have a fancy camera, I hardly know how to use it. So then you have to like learn how to use it and edit it and all that. And it mm -hmm. becomes this whole big thing. And people are just like, are like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And rightfully so, like, you know, you're a sales rep or you're running a roofing company. Like you, you don't have the time to learn all that fancy stuff. So like, you know, mm -hmm. fortunately, like you said, we have the, we have the device right in our pockets right now. Why not learn to use that? Right. So exactly. Are you editing on your phone as well, or are yeah, you doing that? yep. I um, I use CapCut, which is my favorite editing app. Pretty basic. It's the same thing that everyone uses on TikTok, different things like that. And the thing about it is, it's just diving into the apps itself. Like I'm, I mean, I've been editing on CapCut for about a year and a half now, and I'm still finding new things, new different features that I can add and do something different with. And that just comes from experimenting and taking the time to do it. And that's the number one thing. People don't want to waste their time, you know, and I, I get that. We That's one thing that we don't get any of it back. But it's also the one thing that we can give away for free, um, too. And so that's that's why, you know, I don't mind taking the time to sit there and edit. Like Orlando, me and him were talking about this recently on a podcast. I spent one day. Uh, in the office recording this video that ended up getting around 5,000 views, which isn't, isn't astronomical or anything like that. But I spent three hours making the video and I'm sitting there sweating after hours from four to six, 7 PM trying to make this video the way I wanted it to because I'm recording in times three and it took forever to get it right. But then once I got it right, I was like, okay, now I know how to do it. Now I just continually progress and work on this. And that's another thing that's different that no one else is doing. And so I take that approach to everything. I, I think copywriting is a great thing um, to do. I know you're big on copywriting too, right, Joe? Yeah, like writing. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I love it. It's I geek out over it. Yeah, it's it's fun. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a real good time, you know, but you start off as your copywriting and then just over the years, you develop these different ways to kind of approach it. You know, sometimes I use humor. Sometimes I use a, you know, I'm big on call to action, you know, I, and I, I try to do it different each and every time. So each post is different and has a different kind of feel to it. And, um, so I do that with every type of marketing technique that you can do, whether it's copywriting, video editing, photos, I try to, it's just like playing a video game where you have, you know, a, a character level that can go up to 99, right? 99 levels. I'm trying to max out every single version of it so that way I can become as efficient at producing 
um, content as possible. Yeah, that's such a great point. Like you have to be a student of the game and, uh, you know, like people see my written content. Maybe it's, I don't think it's that great. I'm always learning and improving one of our core values, but like every week I'm like saving posts and screenshotting things that I think are really like are really good, you know, different mm-hmm. hooks, different calls to action, different ways to like, you know, shift someone's mindset. Like I have a few people that I follow that I'm just, I'm not copying, but I'm like, I right, think. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this post this guy wrote. Like, why do I love it? Right? Like, what is it about it that I love it? And kind of, you know, mm-hmm. put my own, own spin on things. You, you, you got to be a student of the game. Yeah. Because it, it moves fast. Like you kind of alluded to, like you're crushing it with photos and you're like, man, I got this thing here. I got this like little like niche here. Like don't mess with my system. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that's the thing like, about it is like with Instagram is it started out with, incremental changes like every year right and then it went from yeah. every year to every three months then every month and then now it's like it can change from a week-to-week basis and that's a and it's miserable to keep up with sometimes for us as creators you know it's like yeah it's like how do i wrap my head around this and now now i just went live the other day and the live session went great i had a ton of people come in <laughs> lee hate um, asked for an Instagram audit and came on for a minute, you know, kind of, I, I think I kind of made him, you know, I, I, I criticized one or two things and he's like, I got to get in to defend myself. So we were able to chop it up on social media and, um, you know, it, it's just, it's fun. There's always something new and something, um, to learn about. And that's one thing that I'm, I'm big on. I tell people all the time and now you're seeing these other platforms come, come along. It used to be only Instagram and Facebook. And now you have all these other platforms coming along that's making making things even more difficult. You got TikTok rivaling Instagram, and I don't like TikTok as a creator. Like it's not my platform. I, I think it's a toxic environment. But there's I also got a the most views I ever got on a video four hundred thousand views that was on TikTok. You know, wow. How many of those were? That, that's the thing about TikTok. I got thirty six hundred followers. I never had one person come up to me at any event or online anywhere and said, Hey, you're the guy from TikTok. It's always been Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So who are those people on TikTok? They're liking your content. Are they teenage girls from like, you know, <laughs> another country or what? You don't know. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know. And, and they understand TikTok understands as a culture, like the reason why people like their uh, platform is because they can go viral, you know, and that's, exactly. You don't need a big following to go viral. Yeah, exactly. And so that viral culture that especially with someone who never went viral before, it's like, oh, you know, I went viral. This is the platform I need to be on. I'm going to create this whole brand around it. And then over time, once that they hook you in, then they cut down your reach. And, you know, then, then they start saying, OK, he's addicted to the platform now. So now let's make him compete with everyone else, you know. Um, whereas with Instagram, what I like about Instagram is I can post a video and the really engaging ones, they'll get between three to 5,000 views. Uh, the good ones get around 1500 to 2000 views. And then you, the ones that are, are like ones that made a statement that I look back on, I'm like, man, I'm glad I made that video. Those are the ones that get 20 to 30,000 views. But I like the fact that I can post it each and every day. And I'm getting a measurable result of how many people it's getting to. And you're seeing right. them transfer transfer that over to Facebook now with Facebook Reels. And I mm-hmm. like the way that's operating too. 
thing that I'm, I'm getting a little bit different pool um, from Facebook Reels to Facebook Instagram, they're operating two different ways. I'm noticing Facebook Reels getting, is getting more to your local market, whereas with Instagram, it's, it's more sporadic. It's out to everyone. You know, so it's going out to everyone. So you don't know exactly where those views are coming from. So some of them might be across the country, across the world. Um, whereas Facebook, I'm noticing the people who are liking the content and the people who are viewing it are all in the local area, which I like that a lot because I'm trying to sell roofs every day. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, that brings me to a question I want to ask for the audience at this point, because you got like, you know, especially skeptical people or people that have tried social media, they haven't seen the results and mm -hmm. you're here talking, you've got a great following. You're talking about meeting up with people at conferences. They want to take selfies with you, like all that. You're talking about views and thousands of views. Uh, but what, you know, views don't pay the bills, right? So yes. talk, about, talk about how, uh, how that's translated into your business and selling roofs and like mm -hmm. really boots on the ground, like what that's done for you. So I definitely a, a major change for, I mean, major change for me financially really started taking off around 2020 uh, when the pandemic hit. It was like, <laughs> I don't know what happened with the pandemic. But I mean, I did 1.2 million. Uh, 2019, I decided to operate um, completely off of social media, right? And I was still doing mailers every once in a while, um, but I wasn't doing them as frequently. And I did $1.2 million that year. And I said, okay, great. This is awesome. So I, I had some people that were kind of um, making fun of the fact that I, I was so into social media. Like you're not a real roofer. You're just a social media star. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're silly. You think people are watching this, you know, really you're just getting, getting kind of lucky with it. So what I ended up doing is I want to see how much it worked. So uh, December 19th of 2020, I cut off other, all forms of marketing other than social media. And since then, so 2020, I did 1.8 million. And um, every other year since then, I'm right around a million. I'm not pushing as hard as I used to. Um, you know, I'm trying to make more time spending it with a kid at home and, you know, trying to do stuff outside of roofing now with, with, just continuing to build the brand. And, and I, I want to show my father that I, I want to run marketing for the whole entire company. I just don't want to do it for myself. And so that's a hard thing to do to someone that doesn't care all that much about social media. But when he hears people talk about it, you know, and he hears um, the different things that, that are, um, you know, he sees the numbers, the different things that are going on. And recently he started letting me opening up and starting to train some of these or starting to do content for some of these other guys. Um, and one of the guys that kind of jumped um, headfirst into it is Ed Hill, which he's, he's 74, 73 or 74 years old. And uh, he's been selling roofs since I was in diapers. So I was so happy that he was into it. And so we've done, a, we done about 10 videos, some pictures, different things like that. And he said, initially, I was really skeptical about it. But he says, the one thing I've been doing is I've been asking people when they call me, where did they get me from? And they're all saying online, you know? Huh. So whereas before they were saying a letter in the mail or a door hanger, whatever the case was. So um, I said, well, you need to tell my dad that because that would be a huge, <laughs> huge help kind of persuading him over to, 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 you know, let me do it for the whole company, you know? But uh, it's hard because, you know, 
the thing about it is you make pretty good money doing roof sales when you do it the right way. And so, you know, my father is kind of, you know, when it comes to his set of, he still like operates like $80,000 is a, is a good salary or, you know, whatever the case is. And in today's world, it's just not, not as much as it used to be. So, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. And, and, um, you know, my brother, uh, he kind of went out on his own and did consulting and he sees the following that I have now and that I've developed. And he said, the thing about you is the way that you approach social media, it's so different from what I hear from everyone else, you know? So why don't you go out and, and take the time and devise your own way to kind of come up and train uh, people to do it the way that you do it. And um, so I'm working with him and he's helping me develop those different aspects of it. And um, I think the cool thing about consulting is that I know so many people in the community is so friendly. You know, um, everyone, I, I look at it as like stand-up comedians, right? If, if I were to run a comedy shop, right? Um, you know, one night I might have Joe Rogan, the other night I might have Dave Chappelle, you know, Tyndale and all, all the guys come in, but they all bring something different to the table. And that's the way I look um, at consulting. So, you know, people ask me all the time, I'm like, why are you so helpful? You know, why are you doing this for free? What's in it for you? And it's just, I just grew up helping people. So it's just always been in it for me to do it. Um, you know, growing up, I always worked with special needs kids. And so giving to someone that can't give back to you, Except for love, the love that you get out of it, the admiration and, and, and just a relationship you build, that's always been the most important thing to me. Even back then, um, I'm going to Florida next week and I'll be the first place I'll be going is to see my best friend who has cerebral palsy in a wheelchair. So that I always put more value in relationships over the, the currency aspect of things. And, you know, my my brother and my, my dad are like the complete opposite. You know, they're they're more, you know, like you need to be focused on money. And, and my whole thing is like money will always be there. Money will always come and it'll always go. I want to be around people that like me, that love me and that join my, my, um, my presence. And then if it turns into something where there's currency involved, then great. Okay. I like that. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're a sales rep for the company. Is there any, and your dad is the owner of the company? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. My father's the owner um, with my uncle. Um, and then we have a production manager, Chad, we have about 12 sales guys. So it's very simple operation, you know, very simple, not, not a whole lot of money invested into Google, a very basic website, which I'm about to redo be, on my father's request. You know, he, he said, Hey, you know, these people are referring to you as one of the best in the industry when it comes to social media. How about you re redesign our website, you know, which is two totally different you know, ways. Yeah, are you doing it yourself? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into it. So I'm working on getting access to it now. Um, so next week, um, I already rewrote everything that made it sound the way that I wanted to. So now it's just putting it up and kind of diving in. I never, it, it'll be like going live for the first time. It's like you just dive into it, you know, it, you yeah, don't know what's yeah. going to happen. But either way, I, you know, I don't mind figuring it out. I think it's a good thing to kind of do. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's that's the thing about my father is he's always uh, looked at master roofing as like a boat. Him and my uncle still to this day take a salary. You know, they don't they don't split the profit and go out and, you know, buy the big mansions and buy the boats and do all that crazy stuff. 
they're building it up. They have money stacked away, stored away to make sure that everything's taken care of in the future. That's how they've always been and how they always will be. But if you operate that way and, and you're putting that money away, sometimes it can be better used if you're, if you're putting it towards getting more business. So like Michael putting 1% back, you know, and, and putting it into marketing or whatever else you want to do, that's only going to get you more business down the road. And it's hard knowing these things and then, you know, still finding a way to operate around, around, you know, a father that complete thinks completely different, you know, but like at the end of the day, it's all love, you know, that, that's, that's what, you know, that's, that's the thing about me is like, at the end of the day, he's my father. I love going into work every day and seeing him. And, you know, I almost lost him in 2020. He had an open heart. Um, he had an aneurysm and they had to get taken out and it didn't go well the first time. So they had to go back in and do it again. And it was a really scary moment. And that just kind of opened up my eyes to, you know, hey, you only got one life. Who, who do you want to spend it with? And so, you know, consulting out, I, if I do it, it, it will hopefully stay a part-time thing. That's what I want to do. I want to still sell roofs and then go out and do consulting, like, you know, two-day training or four-day trainings, and then come back and, and get back into selling roofs and seeing if I can juggle the two. But I mean, it's one of those things where you're looking at, like, you're doing, you're selling roofs, you're doing the consulting. Like if, if I decide to do it, doing the consulting and then you got to still spend time with her family too. Right. So be a father. And, and that's a big thing to me too. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I totally get it, man. Like you don't want to, you don't want to do the same thing forever. Right. So like mm-hmm. selling is probably something you love, but like you have other passions and other things that you want to get energy from. And I, I totally agree. Like you need to draw energy from like different sources yeah, I, I grew up in my family's construction business here in New Jersey, working for like my father and two uncles are the owners still. Uh, my cousin Brian and I kind of grew up in the business together. And uh, a lot of the similar, I guess, dynamic, right? You know, those guys are, the company's 130 years old. So it's very, very old company, very conservatively run and very well run. Very, you know, just one of those big old, you know, just things that just keeps moving and keeps, you know, growing a little by little. And sometimes it was frustrating for my cousin Brian and I, like we came out of college and, you know, we thought we, you know, like, Hey, we should try this thing. We should try that thing, you know? And a lot of those ideas were probably stupid because we didn't know what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We just read a bunch of textbooks in college, but like, you know, and they would dismiss a lot of the ideas and some of the ideas might've been good, but it's just that like my dad and my uncles now they're in their, you know, low seventies in age, like they're just different stages in their career. Like they don't really, I do give them credit because they are, they are implementing a lot of like innovative things now and they're continuing to reinvest in their growth. But like at the time it kind of felt like, all right, they're at this stage in their life. They're kind of like on their way out. Brian and I are kind of on our way in and we're just like, you know, different mindsets there. But now they're on, you know, they're on social media. I think they're on TikTok. I'm not sure. One of my cousins is running the social media. It's pretty funny, but yeah, I totally get that dynamic. So that's uh I mean, man, if you if you just like, you know, train the other sales reps like this guy, the 74 year old, you can have a big impact on master's roofing for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 already you know, that's that's the thing. What made me go to my father and tell him like, hey, I would really like like to go in and do this is because one day I walked in to to the uh, design center and Dylan has a customer who's another sales guy and the people look over and they go, oh, you're the guy from Instagram. You know, and and so we kind of chopped it up for a minute, and I was like, "Hey, thank you guys so much for following me. Dylan's going to take great care of you guys." 
And um, thank you guys so much for believing us and using us, right? So then the next day I go into the conference room and I'm sitting there doing some editing for Ed and he brings in a couple and they go, oh, you're the guy from Instagram. We love your videos. You know, that's, we got a letter from Ed, you know, and, and um, so we called him. We love your guys' story and who you guys are as a company. And we love the flashiness sometimes, you know, and, and then the third day, Robert was out at a customer's house and at this lady, Michelle's house. And we talk all the time on Instagram, me and Michelle. And so, uh, cause she owns a local business here in Memphis. And uh, she sent me a picture of Robert in the house and said, Hey, just got my roof approved. Thank you guys so much for everything that you guys done, you know? And so, so, you know, I, I told my dad, I said, at the end of the day, I, and, and like the thing that made me kind of realize it was like, I didn't sit there and say, well, like, Hey, we need to split those jobs. Those are mine. Yeah. Well, yeah. But either way, you know, I look at it as, you know, there's people that would do that. But for me, it was just nice to have someone say, Hey, you know, we love your stuff. And, and that was good enough for me. I didn't feel any way about it. I didn't treat the sales guys any differently. And so I, I tell my dad this all the time. I work twice as hard for someone else as I do for myself. And I work pretty damn hard for myself anyways. Right. So, um, you know, I just told him, I said, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, it would be better served if I can duplicate myself 12 times over. It's a lot of work for me, but I would love to do it. You know, yeah. I would, and, and if anything, it shows me like, if I go out and I decide to go do the consulting and train other companies, it shows me what I'm dealing with. I get, I get 12 other opportunities to see how my game plan works on other people's accounts that are just starting right. out. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. And yeah. You're, you're helping those guys, your, your buddies, like probably have easier sales, you know, and like close a higher percentage because of some of the work that you've done and you know, that benefits everyone. That's really awesome. Yeah. And it's, so that's, that's kind of always been my thing is I just love, I love doing it. You know, I told the guys down in, from New Mexico, I said, sometimes like there's people that you'll meet in your life that just does it to do it. Like, like just does it, you know, they don't think about the rewards that are coming their way or what's going to happen next. They just want to do what they do. And that's like the type of person I am. I just want to create content, do it to the best of my ability I don't mind sharing it with other people because if they get better at it, then it just pushes me forward, you know, right. and it, it's just a win-win for everyone. I mean, I feel like I could invite some of these guys I met on Instagram to my wedding, you know, like, and be in my, in my, you know, groomsmen party, you know? Right, right, and yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just fun, fun for me, and it's, it's a lot of work, and I know that I put it, but that's how I've always been growing up, like, when it came to wrestling, I would wrestle, you know, four times a day in high school. You know, I have morning practice after school. I would go to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappling practice. And then I had a uh, wrestling at American top team from uh, 10 to midnight. And I would wake up and do it all again over again the next day. So it's just always been, I get obsessed with certain things that I do. And that's just my way to kind of express myself. All right, guys, I want to jump in here real quick. Thanks for watching, listening to this content. Andrew is truly a rock star. I want to invite you to join our Nailed It Facebook group. This is a free group that is open to leaders in the construction and the roofing industry. And it's a place where I and our team put out content to really help you implement some of the things that Andrew and I are talking about today. 
we actually just released a brand new video training course. It's 10 videos on how you can really utilize your phone to take good pictures, take good videos, do some basic editing and things like that. So we'll be dripping out that content in the Nailed It Facebook group for you. So just tap the link below, go to the link on your screen and join that Nailed It Facebook group. Uh, it's a really fun group. We've got you know no spam in there. It's all about education, uh, sharing examples of what's working and things like that. So check that out when you get a chance and back to the episode. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It feels good to help. Yeah, we had, we had a uh, we had someone reach out yesterday, a roofing company looking for help. They're like a, a guy I know. I met. Uh, we actually had dinner at IRE. Uh, we had some sushi down there, and he messaged me yesterday. He's like, "Hey, man, we're like, we have like, we're doing this content. It's pretty good. Running ads, just not getting the results we really want. Like, you know, can I pay you your team for an hour of your time just to like hop on Zoom and help us out, right?" Out, like which way which end is up and um i responded right away included someone on our team to to dive in uh, and help them on zoom sometime next week and and he's like oh let us know how we can pay you you know i know your time's valuable blah blah like i you know send me a bill that whole sort of thing and i was like no man like i'd rather just help out and like whatever comes of it comes of it down the road if you see value in working with us great or you know this guy runs a pretty runs a much, much bigger company than I do and has more experience running a business than I do. So, hey, we're going to be on Zoom for an hour. And so I'm definitely going to learn a couple of things about the way he thinks or the way he yeah. does things. So like, you know, it's the long game. Like I'm not looking to make, you know, I could charge him 500 bucks for an hour on Zoom or something like that. Like to me, that's not, that's nothing compared to like building that relationship long term. So. Oh yeah, totally for get. sure. And that's, that's one thing my brother always said was the most valuable part of, of consulting is like, going out to these places and hearing people talk that, you know, that the company brings in or just learning how people like Michael Deere operate, you know, I think it's a, it's a cool thing that the consulting aspect of it, I just know it's a lot on a lot of time away from the family, a lot of traveling. That's one thing that, you know, he always told me was the toughest part. Yeah, it is. It is. I do, I do sprints like in the spring, there's, you know, conference season in the fall, there's like conference season, now we're in May. Like I try not to go anywhere in the summer because I live by the beach in the Jersey Shore and summer is very short. So yeah, and ultimately you want to get to the point where you can, you know, pick and choose when you go, where you go. You don't need to do it, right? Like if you do it, you're making money from it. But if you don't need the money, that's a luxury. Like you can kind of pick and choose where you want to go and that sort of thing. So that's like making it too. You know, that's that's like the coolest thing ever to be able to say, Yeah, hey, I don't need to go to the conference. I can just kind of sit back and, you know, um, so that's amazing that you've done that for yourself. Well, we're getting there. Like, you know, I, I love it. I love the in-person aspect of it for sure. But, you know, there's a balance, right? Like it, it also burns you out because it's like early mornings, late nights, just like, especially when you're presenting or you're on, you know, you're, you're running a booth at a conference, like, it takes me a week to recover, just like get back in the routine. That was the thing that, that uh, stood out to me when I went to the IRE, like talking to some of the people like Patrick Hart and um, Jim Aldean and some of these other guys, like seeing the post, like once that the show's over, the madness that ensues on their phone, you know, that they have to sit there and pick up calls, talk to clients. And it's just immediately yeah. from like conference, running the booth to like now, I, I'm I'm dealing with customers, you know, and clients. So that was yeah. definitely an insight to see, and it's much respect to you guys. 
Whew. Yeah, there's an event. Uh, it, there's an event in Charlotte next week, or sorry, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, that I was I was supposed to go to next week, and I just uh, just yesterday decided not to go, only because like I have we have a great team, and I can definitely get away for a couple of days. But like, you know, when you have a lot of momentum, like business momentum, I have a lot going on. Personally, I'm in a really good routine of sleep and working out, and you know, health fitness and all that. Plus, we have a couple of key people that are out, so. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I got such good momentum going. Like I can go next week, but then I, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be tired for like a few days. Like I'm going to get behind and I just really don't want to do that right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's like, it's hard to say no. You want to like, it's with people that I, you know, I want to be with and all that sort of thing. But you know, you got to uh, put yourself first sometimes. And, and like, yeah. that's, that's one thing that I tell myself all the time is I always try to keep stuff in the hopper as far as content goes. Because I know if I have to go out there and generate it and then post it as well, like oh. that's, you know, that's that's a whole nother level of stress. So if I have like five appointments in a day and then I still have to generate content for a post or go, you know, go to a past build or one that I just finished up and fly up the drone, that's just something else I'm adding to it. So one thing yeah. I always try to do is have like three or four posts that I can put out at any point in time. So, and that's what I call filler posts. So those are the ones yeah. that, I designed to do well, um, put a good message behind, write the caption that I want want to put at the bottom. But those are the ones that just kind of gets me through the week, you know. No, I agree. Uh, I have, I have, and I definitely want to dig into your schedule a little bit. But my my schedule, my calendar, I have like blocks throughout the week where I write content. Mm-hmm. Um, like this morning, I wrote two long form posts. Like one will be tonight, another one tomorrow. This podcast we're recording right now. It'll probably be live. It'll probably be published in four or five weeks. So right now we're we're ahead of the game, which is nice. You know, during busy season we get behind, and it's like, all right, we're recording this today. It's going to go live on YouTube tomorrow. Like, there's so much pressure in that. Oh, then, for sure. You know, the product, the final product, isn't as good. So now we have time to run the process, and it'll be it'll be better. But yeah, that's that's such a big. I mean, most people listening to this, watching this, like, all right, it's cool. By the way, uh, we'll include all the links to Andrew's stuff below so you guys can go check it out and see what he's all about. Uh, get some inspiration there. But like the big objection is, man, I don't have time, right? Like mm-hmm. this stuff takes time. Uh, I don't like – I just don't have time to do it. How do you How do you manage it? Andrew? The more you do it, the quicker you get at it. That's my biggest answer to that. But the more you do it, the quicker you get at it, right? The more efficient you get at it. No different than going to the gym. So when you go to the gym for the first time, you might put up 135, but you stick there for two, three years, you'll be benching 315 in no time. You know, that's just the way it works. You know, if you want to put in the work, you'll get results and you'll get them quicker and more efficiently. So that's one thing that I, back when I first started, I would spend all day designing a post on my laptop and just, it would take up my whole day and I would think so much about it. Now looking back on that content, I used to think it was awesome. Now it's not awesome, you know, but it's still something to look back on and say, I consistently put in the work and I consistently got better. And if I continue to do that going forward, it's only going to get better. I'm only going to take it to the next level. So you use that motivation. But the main thing is anything that you're doing, you don't want to spend all day on it, right? You want to spend time on getting efficient at the process, making sure that when you're flying up a drone, that you're getting the good shots that you want. Um, and then that way, all you have to do from there is edit. And the more that you edit, the quicker you become at it. And then 
you know, the beauty about Instagram, and I wanted to make a point. I, I didn't know if I was going to do it on the live or this podcast, but I had two videos, one that got, or, or three videos, all three of them. I didn't save to my phone because I didn't think that they were good enough to use down the road, right? As like a, as like resurfacing two, three months from now to see how they work. So I didn't save them on my phone. The other ones that I did save on my phone that I thought were going to be awesome and do really well, the three that I just threw together in five, 10 minutes and put it out, they got, you know, I think one got 2,500 views, 3,500 views, and one's over 5,200 views now, right? And those are all ones that I, I threw together within five to 10 minutes. The one I spent time on, the one that I did for my kid the other day, it's not performing as well as I would like it to. But that's the randomness of Instagram. Sometimes you just, it, it's like it doesn't, you know, it, it's all up to chance either way. So that's why I tell people it's not worth sitting there spending all day critiquing it because if you just put it out, you're going to find out if it's a good video or a bad video or something that resonates with people or something that doesn't. And you're not the person, even if we spent all day thinking about it, we're never going to come up with the correct answer on whether it's going to resonate or not. We'll be wrong 50, 50 percent of the time. Sometimes you can predict it. Sometimes you can't. But more times than not, I'm wrong on the videos that I think that are going to do really well. So that's one thing I always tell people is like work on being good, getting good at editing, making sure that your photos are crisp, your editing crisp if you're doing any kind of um, overlay work like on Canva different things like that, work on getting efficient at that and doing that in a timely manner. And then, you know, the rest kind of takes care of itself as the posting goes. Um, captions, there, there's times like the other day I was sitting there with Josh, who he's kind of like my right-hand guy, my best friend, and we sell roofs together. So like I'll, I'll help him sell a roof and he helps me do videos and stuff every once in a while. And um, I, I remember doing a post that I was generating and I remember saying to him, I said, I'm spending entirely way too much time on this. You know, I was about an hour in. I'm like, this is entirely way too much time. You know, wow. so that's how frustrated I get sometimes, you know, because I want it to look a certain way or, you know, I'm trying to do something on Canva and it's not working. So then I have to mess with it for an hour. But like there does get a point where I say to myself, like, OK, we got to get better at this. Right. So it's always about spending less time generating the same quality content. And that's the ultimate goal. And I think if you do that enough, then it makes it easier to transcend platforms because what works on Instagram today works different on LinkedIn, works different on Lemonade, works different on TikTok. So you got to make content for each individual aspects of these platforms. And what I told Tyler the other day on a live, um, we were talking about the, like the next step for me, I wanted to get 10,000 followers by the time I was 30, right? I'm 29. I have 17,000 followers on Instagram. So I captured that. And so the next step for me is transcending platforms, right? Taking my following and moving it over to a different platform, right? And he says, well, how do you do that? And I said, the only way that it's going to be able to be done is if I make the same quality of content in a different way for each individual platform. So that way, if you see me on Instagram, Whatever I'm posting on LinkedIn, you're missing that. So if right. you know yeah. what I mean, and I told him the only way I'm going to be able to do that is either work my tail off to do it or start, you know, developing a team. So 
Yeah. One, one thing that Gary V does, you know, you see Gary V as a personality, but he said that he, um, I think it was a week or so ago. He's like, I have 33 people. That's on my individual team that produces. Team Gary. Yeah. Team Gary. So, um, you know, it's tough doing it as one person, building out a team, having someone that, that knows how to do it the right way to start out and then building a team around it or incentivizing your sales guys to be a part of it. So, right. So if you have a production manager or someone that's a content manager, that's posting the, um, on the main homepage of a company, having each individual sales guy share it, right. Share that, that initial content. And then that's going to boost the overall engagement on the homepage. And then from there, what you can do is you can say, Hey, sales guys, this is going to get you guys more business. This is going to get everyone more phone calls into the office. So make sure you share it, like it, comment on it. Um, tell your friends to do the same thing. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to put out a contest where you can make an extra 2,500 bucks this month or whatever it is. If you generate a video that makes that gets the most views, right. Or, you know, that you have the most reach at the end of the month, incentivizing your sales guys to do it. I think that's a good way to do it as well to make it competitive because either way, it's not about the money for most of the sales guys. It's about the competitive side of it. That's one yeah. thing I always responded really well to it. So I think if you want these guys to get involved, especially at the sales level, you got to incentivize them to do it. Yeah, gamify it. That's huge. Yeah, because like most, you know, we, we've been doing this for a while. And then when I go into companies like Watkins, for example, they have 14 sales reps. You know, there might be three that are like open to doing video content. The rest are like, eh, like I'm just going to do my thing, you know. But it's kind of like that flywheel, you know, the first couple start, couple sales reps start doing it, you know, they start getting more leads, going to more appointments, closing more deals, making more money. And then the other reps are like, Hey bro, like where are you getting those leads from? Like, how'd you get mm -hmm. that one? Like, where'd that come from? Oh yeah. Like social media video. So you want to kind of get those early adopters like going with it. So then the others can kind of catch on mm -hmm. ideally, but there's always going to be some, some who are just like, you know, dismissing it, which is mm -hmm. okay. And I'm, I'm sure I lose a lot of, a lot of leads that come into the office rather than them calling me personally. Right. But like the, I'll never forget one guy reached out on Facebook and um, it was a big church downtown in Memphis. And the great thing about our industry is that no matter what it converts, you know, one roof pays for whatever you invested in, in into the marketing side of things, especially when it's free and organic, like the, most of the stuff that I do. So like yeah. I had this, I had this one, I'll, I'll never forget it was right when Facebook or Instagram started moving towards videos. I was really down on my luck and I got one lead on Facebook that turned into a $72,000 job that I ended up making 15 grand off of, you know, that's, that's when I was like, this is awesome, you know, and you're hooked right back in. So, um, yeah. and it can come from anywhere. I had one like two months ago, ended up being a 63, three square roof, $23,000 roof. And, um, I got him off of one post that I made on Twitter that got 47 views. Right. Huh. So that, that's the thing. I mean, sure. Paid is great, but the creative is, is a variable, you know, the creative has to go out regardless. You know, I tell myself all the time is like, I, I, um, you know, I wonder how much I parrot him, you know, just off of listening to him. I've been listening to him since I was 2015, 2015, somewhere around there. Okay. And, um, 
And he just puts out so much good knowledge and so many people hate on him about different things. And I understand that he's veered off and went into NFTs and different things like that. But the guy is a practitioner. I mean, there's no one better to imitate than Gary, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I'm, I'm a fanboy, for sure. Yeah, the creative, the organic, the free content, people sleep on that, right? Because the ads are sexy. They're easy. I can just spend some money and boost a post or run an ad. And like that used to work, you know, 2016, 17, 18-ish. Like that worked really well, even in big markets. I talk about this all the time, right? Like we used to run ads for clients in Dallas and Denver and Chicago, wherever. And it was like, it was easy. Even mm-hmm. like running ads for ourselves, like was was like super easy. Um, now it's, it's not right. It's so complicated. Like, you can't run at because there's so much more noise out there. There's more advertisers and more roofing companies. There's more of everything, right? So, like, you know, yet companies that try to run at like social media ads, Facebook and Instagram ads, and they don't have that foundation of the organic, the brand, the video content, the photos, the everyday content, and they end up getting a bunch of leads, but they're just like you know bogus leads or low quality leads. People have no idea who that roofing company is, you know that sort of thing. So. The organic thing is 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 huge, and it's interesting because like we started off as a company as like teaching contractors how to do Facebook ads, and it's evolved into so much more than that. And like now, like organic is almost like taking over, like as more. Oh, it's crazy! That. Yeah, TikTok is a necessary evil. That's why I tell people all the time. Like you got to think once that TikTok gets banned, or if it does, it should get banned, considering how much money Facebook puts into politics. But TikTok is a necessary evil because I don't think Instagram ever intended um, to let people go viral. I don't think they ever wanted to. I think they wanted to get people reach um, so they can find out, you know, if a video is working or not, and then they can run sponsored ads around it to get to more people. And then TikTok comes along and just says, hey, I'm going to throw your business model out the door and we're going to steal your followers because or people that are on your platform because we're just going to give that away for free because our intentions are geared towards something else, collecting data, yeah. collecting information. The more time people spend on the platform, the more we can run ads around them because they're so busy trying to go viral that we can just run sponsored ads in their feed all day as they try to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Do you have a tactical question? Are there, cause people always ask this of us and I'm like, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not asking the right question right now. Like just get good and then figure it out. But are there time, like certain times of day or days of the week that you found are more beneficial for posting for you? I used to think that. I don't know if it's now that I've gotten to a point where it, it gets to people regardless. But I used, if, if you guys want a blueprint for it, I always tell people 9 a.m., uh, noon, 3, 6, 9. Those are I, really any time. You know, that's, that's the thing that yeah. I try to kind of figure out. But yeah, it used to be more kind of predictable because you got to think noon is great because it's lunch break. Everyone's on their phone searching for lunch, you know, uh, going through their feed at lunch. But at the end of the day, I think the tactics on that end is like I post a lot late at night. And I think it's a great thing to do because it gets more engagement because no one's posting late at night. Right. There's a gap in the supply demand aspect of things which is very narrow these days. Um, right. But I think it's great to understand, like you got to understand that the, when these features are in, introduced, when a new platform is introduced, there's a supply and demand issue, right? So there's less supply, 
you're going to get more demand for your content. So you're going to get more overall reach when there's uh, high supply, you're going to get less demand, less reach. Right. So that's uh, one thing that I've always been big on is, um, you know, just hopping on things that are new right off the bat when they first come out. That's the best thing you can do and learn how to do it, figure it out and learn how to produce at a high level. How do you do that? By absorbing the content. Just like Gary says, spending time on the ad, um, app, playing with it, figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And if you're able to dissect that and figure it out, um, it's, it's really not a complex thing to do once that you understand how to do it. Yeah, like I think that's under it's underestimated how important that is. Like Gary talks about it, like spend 20 to 30 hours to learn how the platform works. And like, all right, maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole, but like spend five to 10 hours to figure out how this stuff works, right? I mean, you don't really stand a chance because you got guys like Andrew who are practitioners of it are in there, you know, more than me, I would say. Um, we've got John on our team. He's kind of our... He's our video guy. He's our video trainer. He's also kind of like he coaches me on like, hey, here's what you should be doing next. Here's what we're doing. Right. So I have the luxury of him like staying on top of everything and letting me know what to do. But like you have to be like you have to be in it. Like otherwise you really you really don't stand a chance. Right. It's like it's anything else. Like if you're if you're not adapt, if you're using the same sales script that you had from like eight years ago, like that's not going to cut it like you've got to continue to like be in the game so oh yeah and it's um you know that's the thing i wake up in the morning and probably the first 30 minutes of my day as soon as i get on instagram first 30 minutes of my day after i get a cup of coffee in me and everything i probably engage with more people in the first 30 minutes of my day than most people engage with probably their entire week to be honest yeah. with you. as far as comments uh answering dms you know, just overall kind of absorbing what's going on on the platform that day. I got it all figured out within the first 30 minutes. And then after that, I go out, get whatever I have, have with roofing that I need to be, that needs to be done that day. I get that done and out of the way. And then usually around 11, 1130, that's when I start looking at what I'm going to post for the day. Right. It might be something as pictures, you know, a carousel post or, just a sander photo. I'll put that out at 12 o'clock. If I decide I want to do a reel that day, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do, either generate it on the spot, or if I have something planned or, or clips that I need to cut up, I'll do that and post that at three, you know? So it just really depends on what I want to do. You know, it's, that's the best part about it is like, I get to get to 3000 people or 2000 people, or that's not even including the stuff that I do on LinkedIn and all the other different um, sites that I'm on. Um, but I'm getting to that amount of people and I'm doing what I like to do rather than sitting there. I remember first getting into sales and like being up at the office from nine until midnight doing 1500 mailers. I just remember saying to myself, like beat my head against the table. Like, why am I doing this? You know? And, um, then when social came along and then now it's to the level that it's out, that it's at now, like if I want to run sponsored ads around it, I'm getting leads. If I put out organically, a lot of people respond off of that too. So I'm getting the 3,500 people without having to do the 1,500 mailers that I spent four hours doing, you know? Yeah. And then you got to think about on the, on the cost side of things, the company. You know, that's why I told my dad, I said, thank God we don't sell t-shirts by mail, right? Because we would be out of business pretty freaking quick if you ask me, Not you know? Me. You're, you're lucky that we convert no matter what it is, you know? 
Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the conversations I have with my own father is like, Hey, listen, you know, and same thing with Michael, like Michael is a great operator. But <laughs> one thing that my brother always used to tell me back in the day was he's, he's built it up so much to where he has all this free time. He doesn't know what to do. I told him, I, Michael will probably get a kick out of it. Listen to this. But I, I remember telling him, like, tell him to go out and generate some content, then, you know, instead of paying the yeah. $10,000 for the Hillsong people to come up there and do all the videos and everything. Just go to the job site with your phone. And, you know, he has a $30,000 drone that I don't have, you know, fly up that $30,000 drone, Michael, you know, he'll probably yeah. get a kick out of this. But yeah, they got that whole YouTube series in the lab. That was pretty interesting. But yeah, when I. That was like way over the top. And I was like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, he, he's got the time. He's got the money. Not really sure what to do. It's really cool. Needs a little direction. Yeah. yeah I'll never forget uh, Jerry the King Lawler. This was one of the first times that me and me and Michael started texting back and forth. Jerry King Lawler, he did a uh, cameo video for me for 250 bucks. And I gave him a $100 tip. Right. You know, I was like, because he did a really good promo he's a local guy here in Memphis and he did this whole promo around me and the business and everything. And I was awesome. like, wow, this is great. So I posted it on Facebook and that was the first time I ever seen a video take off. I mean, it got like 10,000 views right off the get. And oh, wow. Phones started ringing the next day, like just leads pouring in. We had a major storm right around when I posted it. And then I started running sponsored ads around it and it just blew. It just continued to funnel in leads. And so Michael said to me, he's like, I'm going to get Brett Favre to do one for me. And I said, okay, that's great. I said, how much does he want for it? And he's like, he wants, I think it was five grand or 10 grand. I'm like, no way. I said, don't do that. You know? And he's like, I'm going to do it. So he does it. And then, and then uh, Brett Favre comes back and it's like, he doesn't even do that great of a job in the, in the promo. Like the good thing about wrestlers is you can guarantee a wrestler can cut a promo the right yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. Football players yeah. are, are different. You know, they kind of treat it more like, like an interview, you know, <laughs> after a game. And so, you know, he didn't really get the value out of it, but I told him, you know, I remember saying to my brother, I'm like, he could have paid, um, you know, a bunch of different creators on there at that time, 250 to 1200 bucks. And we're talking about people that were on Ghostbusters, you know, all these different major TV shows, and they would have done just as good of a job. And I think it had something to do with Brett Favre being from Jackson, I believe. And so maybe that's the reason why I did it. But the good thing about my father not being behind me as far as financially support me with this stuff is that I've had to get very creative. Like yeah. that money I spent on Jerry the King Lawler, that was my personal money. The money I spent on ads initially, that was my personal money. And then once that he saw the results, then he's like, okay, here, you can have 400 bucks a week or whatever, you know? And I still mm -hmm. don't use it. I, I treat his money like his money, like not even, I spend my money more than his money, you know? Right, so, right, right, right. So that's that's the thing. I've always been really sensitive. It's, it's like how much, how much reach can I get without spending the money? And then, like, if I do spend money on it, that's even better. You know, it's only going to get me more places. Yeah, like, but I like that because you're focused on, like, the product, which is, like, the creative, which is the actual content. Like, and then, yeah, if you want to boost that with some some dollars, great. You're not, like, relying on that the, on the ad spend to get you the results. Like, you're really, you're focused on that core product. Mm -hmm. And the money is just fuel on the fire, right? Yeah. Like, you can't, 
you can't have the fuel without the fire. And a lot of people do that. They want to spend money, but they don't have like any fire. So they just have a big puddle of, you know, and you got to think about the amount of money that's wasted on ads too. And one thing that you find out by, by running nothing but organic is like, if a post gets to 2,500 people organically and you put money behind it, it's going to cost you less money to run to people. So like I, I posted one recently um, that did really well organically and I put like 20 bucks behind it. It ended up costing me 80 cents a, a view or a click or whatever it was. Um, I was like, well, that's pretty cheap. And then I run one around that I spent all this time on, you know, 60 second video and it cost me $8 to get in front of people. I was like, that's something I need to figure out there. Like, how do yeah. I get that same result? What was different there? I think one of it was, uh, because the video is longer, it takes, it takes more investment from a person to sit there and watch it, you know? So, you know, those are the things that I think if you run organic enough, it kind of gives you a good gauge of where it's going to go. You know, if it performed well organically, put money behind right. it, it's only going to do better. Yeah. And again, like you've got to be in the game to have a sample size to figure out like what's working, and what's not. Um, I had a guy reach out to me earlier this week and he's, he's a roof salesman. He's looking to do some sales coaching and things like that. And he has like this one testimonial video and he got it made and it's, it's okay. It's not that great. The video and he's like hey what should i do with this video like should i run as an ad like i want to get it out there i want to start promoting my sales coaching business and i'm like give some tips on the video but it's like dude like this is one video like there's like you can run it as a facebook ad if you can figure out how but like it's probably not going to work like because it's mm -hmm. one video right it could great most people are going to tell you yeah run as a video i'll help you i'll charge you to do it whatever but like, it's probably not going to work. Like you got to have 10 videos, 20 videos. Like you got to yeah. be in it, like to, to understand, like it could be an amazing video, but maybe it's the algorithm didn't pick it up in the first five minutes and just doesn't do well. Like you just like, yeah. Sometimes it's well, luck. And then you got to think about it. Say it does really well. Right. And it takes off for the guy. He, he just gets lucky and it just shoots off to the moon. They're still going to click on your profile. Then what's behind it. Right. What's behind that right. one video. You, right. people, yeah. people got to think about that, you know, and that that's one thing about me is like I use all my stuff in the house. So like I got hundreds of photos of roofs that I've done. And I'm just sitting there swiping through it and knowing that the person that just came in behind me or at, or before me or whatever the case is, I know that they're not putting on the same caliber of roofs and they don't look as damn good as they look on my iPad. I'm just swiping through one after the next. It's hard for people to compete against me. I feel bad for them sometimes. You know, yeah. um, but they catch up that. over time too, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a, that's the thing. I, you know, you got to think about the overall presentation. So if you're not producing content every day, then where's the story at where, you know, I tell people all the time, um, producing content is like writing a book, right? What if you just stop writing a book and you just left that chapter out, right? Like you, you just took a chapter out of, out of a book. It wouldn't make sense anymore. It wouldn't be as good of a book. It probably, probably would be a terrible book. And the good thing about producing content every day, is like writing a book. You're just writing a diff different chapter every day and people can follow along with it and they can follow your whole story. I encourage yeah. anyone who wants to be successful on social media, go back and look at my stuff at the beginning. You can see it was a really rough start, but it just, you know, over time it just, you know, it, it was my journey. And so that's why I tell people is like, 
all my all my customers become friends on Facebook afterwards. All my customers, if they have an Instagram, they're on my Instagram list. So that way they can see what I did yesterday, what I'm doing today, and what I'm going to do in the future. And that relationship can continue to grow. I had a lady I did her roof two years ago, and she just reached out the other day. She had a tree come down from a neighbor's house, damaged her gutters. Um, so $7,000 gutter system we're installing for, her, you know, and, and she's an avid, how I initially got a roof initially was off of Instagram, you know? So, and then those people like that lady, like you're top of mind for her every day. And so mm-hmm. if she hears of someone that needs a roof in a Facebook group or at the golf club or whatever, like there's no doubt, right? I had a good um, voicemail today. I wish I wasn't on my phone right now because I would, I would pull it up and let you listen to it. But it's a realtor, Jim Hood. I've done probably six or seven different roofs for him um, over the past two years. It initially started with a Navy SEAL. And then he just referred me to another Navy SEAL that's over in Germantown. So I get to run over there and take a look at that. But when you're posting every day, it just keeps people, you top of mind for people to, to refer to you. And say like, hey, yeah. I am having a hard time getting this house sold because the roof didn't pass inspection. Um, I need to call Andrew because he can help me. He might be able to help me out with that. You know? Yeah, we signed a new client today for our company. So this is this is like I would think I would say it's mind blowing, but it's not because it happens kind of it happens enough, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy is a roofing company in Texas. Shocker! And he reached out last week. And he's like, yeah, man, been following your stuff for a while. Like we tried a few different marketing companies, didn't work out. What do you do? You know, let's talk, that sort of thing. I looked at my CRM and I'm like, dude, we met at an event in Dallas in September of 2019. That is two, what, three, three and a half years ago, almost four years ago. Have not, like, I haven't seen him. I guess maybe he's not that right, that active on social. I haven't seen him mm-hmm. interact with my content. I haven't heard from him zero for almost four years and then here he is signing up for like our 12-month program he's all in excited sends me a selfie video you just never know like you never know who's out there watching just because they're not commenting engaging whatever um Mm -hmm. like you just gotta trust the process like you just gotta you gotta process i'll do even one better for you right so i remember specifically back in 2014 when i first got into it going on YouTube, Facebook, and you you and Becca Swisser, those were the two people that were out there. And, you know, I always wanted to do your podcast because like, man, you know, this is a guy that I think is, is it in the industry, you know? Like I, I, I have huge admiration for you, you know? And there's something about being first, you know, and, and being a leader in the industry in that area, you know? And that's something that you've done very, very well. And, um, you know, I, I remember seeing those videos when I was younger and uh, at the time, I don't think I was absorbing that much because you're just a young kid, but like just following you over the years, I was like, you know, this guy's an OG, you know, he's an original gangster of the, you know, uh, of the marketing side of roofing, you know? Oh, appreciate that. No, I'm just thinking about those videos back in the day. Like, please don't go back and watch those. Anyone. Those are probably cringe. Um, no, I appreciate that, man. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And it's like, you, you kind of said it before, like you, you know, a couple of times, like you're always evolving. So like, you're going to look back at your content and, and hopefully you're kind of cringing, right? Like mm-hmm. I, you know, 
little bit of an inside secret, but like I repurpose some of my written content now because I've been doing it for so many years. And I have two Google Docs. I have probably 400 pages of Google Doc uh, of posts, of written posts right now. And so I, you know, I'll go back a year or two and like, you know, just kind of scroll through. And some of this stuff, I'm like, man, I, I sound like an idiot. And that was only a year ago, right? Yeah. And so I like, you know, I beat myself up for a second, but I'm like, oh, well, that means that I'm growing. And now mm-hmm. like a year from now, I'll, I'll look back now and, and look, you know, sound like an idiot too. So I guess that's how well, we grow, right? Yeah, that's how you grow. And like, I was looking back through, I was trying to find something that I could put into chat GPT to make a quick post the other night and rewrite it, right? So I took an old caption that I made like a year ago, but finding that caption that was good it took me like an hour and a half, like not, not an hour and a half. It took me like 10 minutes or so, but either way, like I remember like looking through my old posts. I'm like, man, my captions were terrible back then, you know? Yeah. But like, that's another thing you can do. Like with AI emerging, that's going to be a whole different trip for us, you know, a whole different trip for everyone to kind of adjust to. And so like one thing that I do is I'll bounce an idea off of it. And, um, I don't recommend people using what it comes back at you with. Because like sometimes it does sound like a robot, you know. Like oh, it's, people post that directly, and you can tell right away. Like oh you yeah, know, you see especially LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn yeah. is just oh, yeah, so yeah. obvious. It's like you're not that yeah. smart, you know. <laughs> but but yeah. either way, like you can sit there and take certain ideas and say elaborate on this, and then you can pick apart what it gives back to you, and then you can make it your own. And so like we're into it's it's only getting more efficient to produce content at scale for digital creators and business owners. So like when I have conversations where people are like, I don't know if it's worth investing my time is like, what do you think we're going to do? Go back to, you know, we're going to go back to the stone ages, you know, and and start, you know, uh, doing old school. Like we're going to go back to a phone book and you're going to find me, you know, an old phone book and look me up. No, like this is a digital age and we're only going digital forward. So like you might as well start now because if not, you're just digging your own grave, bro. You know, like you're, you're only going yeah. in deeper in the dirt, you know, how far do you want to go down? You know? So yeah. that's what I tell people. Like, if you don't know how to produce content, better start learning how to better start attempting and trying to do it because it's like, if you're not changing with the times and adapting to these platforms, it's going to eat you over the next 10 years, you know? And, um, so that's, that's, that's why I stress to my own father. That's why I stress to other people in the industry. Like, of course it's worth investing in and learning how to do the right way. I think you got a lot of people that are good at teaching it. You know, I think you're a great example. I know there's some other guys that are in the industry that do it. And, you know, I think everyone can, can put their two cents in and we can all grow together. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have time for a little bit of a lightning round? Quick questions or are you like, really? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so just like to have some fun with these questions and uh, bring it down to a personal level. This has been an awesome, awesome conversation. I feel like we could go forever. If you could be any kitchen appliance, what would you be and why? Um, I would be a dishwasher. Reason being um, is I like to make people better. You know, I like cleaning up stuff, and and uh, I think that we're on our, our own personal projects. And I think other people are just as much of our own own projects as well. And I'm just one of those type of people that always um, is looking to make other people better and make myself better. So that's what I would be. 
All right. Love it. Love it. So you're obviously a consumer of content. Uh, do you read books as well? Uh, yes, I do read books. Um, audio books. What do you read? I'm not a very fast reader. All right. What are you listening to right now? Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. That's what it is. It's a really great book. It's about a guy that works his way through the Great Depression and he has a conversation with the devil and like how the world works from the devil's perspective. And it's like an interrogation of the devil. So it's a good way wow. to kind of really dive into, you know, it's, it's one of those self-help books that really focuses on like, how do you operate in a, in a changing world that's really difficult? All right, cool. Um, yeah, Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich, right? So I've read that a couple of times. I actually don't think I've ever heard of that one. So I wrote it down. I think you already gave the answer away earlier in the episode, but uh, what is your next travel destination? Um, next travel destination, Florida. Definitely want to go out out west as well. But Florida is the next one. We got a little little sister graduating for my wife, so we're going down there, uh, hanging out and seeing her walk. So that that would be fun. Going to Universal for a day. Awesome, good stuff. All right, and uh, you've got you've got a free Saturday. No work, no other chores or obligations. What is Andrew doing on a free Saturday? On a free Saturday, I am playing with my kid. We like going to the parks. If I get a Saturday off, um, a lot of the times I, I use it the mornings usually to generate content, and then the afternoons I'll spend, and we usually go to the park. If it's not um, a full day, um, it's a half day at the park, but we're just outside playing. And weekends, weekends are like my time to like really – I still put out content, but I just kind of shove everything to the side and make sure I'm spending it with my son. Awesome. How old is he? Uh, he's four years old. Best kid I could ever ask for. Like completely left out, like never in a bad mood. Just always so much fun to be around. So that's my next favorite thing to do other than sell roofs and do marketing. Nice, nice. Love it. That's a good trifecta. All right, Andrew. Well, man, I really appreciate you spending the time here. I feel like we could have gone for hours. Uh, but uh, thanks for opening up, sharing with our audience. It was great to personally connect with you. And we'll make sure that we share all your links and, and whatnot below so the audience, you can grow your followers and grow your uh, grow your views. And hey, if you're in the Memphis area and need a roof, now you know who to call, right? That's right. Well, um, uh, you know, the main thing is I want to appreciate you for what you've done for the industry. And if, if you ever want to, I think that you would do great at putting on an event, you know, like doing something like a... Um, you know, like what you see at the Inter International Roofing Expo, it doesn't have to be on that scale. But if you ever decide to do something like that, I would love to come speak at it. I think it would be an honor to, you know, like I said, it, I, I would come just to, just to do it for you because I think that you've done so much for the industry and, and you and Becca Switzer, there's very few people that laid the groundwork for everyone else to kind of build on. So appreciate what, wow. you, what you do. I appreciate that. Um, ironically, we are uh, starting through our own events, smaller events. Uh, we hosted one here in New Jersey a couple months ago. Our next one's in Columbus, Ohio in June, and then Denver, then Orlando. So these are like 100-person full-day marketing workshops for roofing companies. We kind of winged the first one, and we did really well. And now we're like building the blueprint. We've got more team members involved. We had a we had a really good planning meeting today, um, so it's going to be uh, – next one's going to be even better. So I'll show you some info on that. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate your time. If you ever want me back on, just let me know. I'm just a phone call or text away. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much and look forward to getting this out to the, out to the industry and out to the world. Take care, Andrew. 
Alright guys, you heard the man. Get out there and put this stuff into action, alright? Just get out there, get the reps in, don't worry what you sound like, don't worry what you look like, don't worry about being professional. All you gotta do is take out your phone and get on video, take some pictures, take some videos of your job sites and things like that, and just start getting in the reps and dedicate some time every week to actually making this happen. You're not gonna be a superstar overnight, but if you chip away at it and be consistent at it, you will definitely see some progress, all right? So make sure you check out the links below, say hi to Andrew, give him a thank you, connect with him, give the old digital handshake on Instagram, and uh, as always, if you found value in this, I appreciate you sharing it out to your friends, to your colleagues, to on social media. Uh, that really helps us spread the word and really impact more people, all right? Talk to you soon.